guys welcome to the broken tables podcast this is episode number 70 79 i am your host jeffrey vegas here with our co-host as always king rome how you doing tonight sir doing excellent man awesome man awesome um excellent excellent episode of dynamite tonight um but we did have a little bit of a story uh, that kind of went down before the show started uh you want to go ahead and uh, take that away yeah, absolutely. So, uh, for those that weren't aware, right before uh, Dynamite went on the air, uh, Fightful and TMZ reported that there was a fight, an altercation that broke out between Andrade and Sammy Guevara. Uh, based off the report, it's saying that, you know, the two had a confrontation uh, where Sammy shoved Andrade, which led to Andrade taking a swing at Sammy. Um, it's not really sure if he actually connected the punch with Sammy. Uh, although the fact that we saw him on fucking TV tonight would probably tell you that he did not. Uh, he yeah. seemed fine. He had no marks and, on him. Or uh, yeah, so so for some context for those that aren't aware, the, some of you who are lucky enough to stay off of the cesspool that is Twitter. Um, basically, Andrade did an interview uh, a couple, couple days, days ago, ago, which a lot of people are kind of like, he was kind of an out of left field interview. It was a very weird interview. He was, he was basically kind of shitting on AAA, yeah. which... It's not good considering that FTR, AW and AAA have a working relationship. Mm-hmm. FTR are their tag team champions. Like, uh, not not very good. And in this interview, he says that, you know, Sammy complained that he hits him too hard or something in the ring. Uh, I didn't read the actual interview because I don't really waste my time with that dumb shit. Um, and it was just... It basically led to this more Twitter beef, which again, Twitter is just the worst thing of all time. Um, yeah. So let's let's talk about this. So originally, TMZ reports that what's up, Coach? All right, man. Enjoy Dynamite. It's really good. Um, and Meduji, yeah, it was reported that Sammy threw the first punch, but apparently Andrade did shove him first. That's what uh, TMZ reported on. You know, listen, man. Um, so, according to the law, if you get shoved, you're 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 defending yourself at that point. So, you know, I get it, but well, so here's the thing. So here's the thing. Let, 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 let's uh, let's talk about this. And I'm I'm mad, Jeff. I, I said I was doing excellent earlier. Uh, I'm actually very angry. Um, 
I'm a little I'm upset as well. I'm fucking furious. <laughs> Thanks, Coach. I'm, I'm not even upset. I'm just fucking done with it in a sense that here we are. It's another week where we are about to do an AEW Dynamite review. Spoilers. This show was fucking excellent. Yeah. This was an incredible show that started with an excellent match and every single match, in my opinion, and this is just, you know, my opinion, I think this is one of the best, if not the best, in-ring dynamites we have seen, period. Period, That's just my opinion. I think that we started with MJF and Darby, I'm sorry, MJF and Wheeler Yuta, and then we went to Jay Lethal and Darby Allen, and then we got fucking Wardlow and Brian Cage, all three of these matches, fucking bangers, pay-per-view level matches, we continue on through the night. We're going to get into it. But we are talking about more bullshit, more backstage bullshit. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I think that, like, this shit happens in locker rooms. Not You know, in sports, it happens all across the sports world. Whether it gets out in public or not is the problem. Um, and this shit keeps happening. And a common thread here is starting to become very apparent with Sammy Guevara. I am sick of having these... I'm sick of doing this podcast and watching these fucking excellent shows and then having to open these shows or talk about this stupid shit on shows. It's exhausting, and it's not fair to the fans or the talent that are working backstage to put on these excellent matches. It's just... It's fucking mind-boggling that I... that like. I was on Twitter during the commercial breaks after the first match, and like MJF is Willie Yuta. I fucking love this match. Oh, it was great. People on Twitter did not watch this match. Yeah. Because <laughs> of the bullshit. Like, like I saw Denise Salcido saying, like, I'm gonna have to go watch this match because I was so busy dealing with the bullshit. And it's just like it's just fucking ridiculous. And it's not a knock against AEW because again, this shit happens everywhere. However, Tony Khan needs to make a statement. And I, at first, I was very pleased with him because I thought he did. Because originally, TMZ reports that both of both Sammy and Andrade were sent home. And I was like, this is what I needed to see. And I've been saying it in the Discord, which you should join the Discord if, you, if you're not already. Like, Tony Khan needs to make a statement. And he doesn't need to fire these guys because obviously Andrade wants to go to WWE. We're not fucking stupid. Yeah. He even literally admitted in an interview that he talked to Triple H and that his wife still works there. And even though he can't legally talk to Triple H, they can use Charlotte to talk. He literally admitted that in an interview this week. I think yeah. it's the same interview that he did where all this shit started. So Andrade is clearly a cancer in your locker room. Send his ass home. And that might have been the plan on Friday when he faced 10. I don't know for sure. But, like... When I found out that Sammy Guevara was not sent home tonight, I was very upset. I very, very disapprove of that. I understand that you had a main event tonight. I understand you had a story you wanted to tell. And, like, even in, even in the Discord, Big T was like, what the fuck? I was looking forward to this match. And I was too. But the right thing to do would have been to send them both the fuck home and tell them, you're going to go sit at home for a month. And then, and then in a, in a month, month from now, we'll see where I maybe we'll bring back to TV. There is, there is and, I'm and I'm sorry, gentlemen, going on a tirade. No, there is too much fucking talent in this company to be letting guys like Sammy Guevara get TV time when, when he's just causing backstage trauma. I have a report from, hold on, I want to get the source right, because I saw it right before we went on the air. Sorry, give me one second. 
Here, real quick, we got the Dad World Order podcast coming in with a uh, subscription and a follow on all of our uh, social medias. He saw us on Dynamite. He actually saw our poster. So hit us up. Welcome, uh, welcome to the podcast, being, Dad World Order. Right now. Uh, he said, mind blown by the ending to the main event. Both of them should have been sent home, should not have been turned into an angle. Amazing show that ended on a turd. I mean, I wouldn't say yeah, it ended on a turd. It just ended on something that I was like, really? Eh, whatever. But I thought it was a great show regardless of that. Chad, is the echo gone now? Can you guys let me know, please? Rome's voice is duplicated. Okay, I can fix that. You can fix that? Yes. Okay. Well, I just, I muted the stream. I got, I, I should have fixed it right there. <laughs> That's a real source. <laughs> I, yeah. Oh, you're good. I was just giving him shit. problem with it is is that andrade literally tweeted out that he would see sammy on wednesday like did we really think this wasn't going to be a fucking issue i got it i i figured it out guys sorry about that i think you were muted for a minute there but you're, you're good now i believe did anyone Ugh. hear the report you were muted yeah. for about i'd say 30 seconds say 30 to a minute so if you want to go back and say uh the report there go ahead okay so the report was from Steven Muehlhausen, uh, as confirmed by multiple outlets and sources, Andrade was sent home while Sammy Guevara was still at Dynamite, getting ready to compete for the main event. There are those in the back who were upset that Guevara wasn't sent home as well by Tony Khan. So, basically, like, it's just... Tony needs to understand that, like, you need to set a precedent with this. You can't control... It's all right, Maduja. As long as, as long as we can fix it and keep moving, that's that's what matters. Like, Tony needed to set a precedent. He can't control guys fighting in his locker room. That's just a sports thing. Uh, like I said, when I was muted, there was literally a fight on the Warriors today. Like, this shit yeah, happens, it and happens. it's fine. I'm not going to sit here and say AEW is doomed, the locker room's in shambles, because that's not the case. No. Based off a Fightful report, there was actually a little, you know, when this whole Sammy Andrade thing broke out, people were actually angry about the Sammy Andrade thing because they thought that the locker room was doing great and it undermines the work that Jericho, Danielson, and Mox had put in to fix things. So you have this locker room that is just sick of the bullshit and there's just a few bad eggs and they and Tony needs to send them home. He just needs to send them home. I understand not wanting to fire people. 
I understand that right now you're in a war with WWE. Whether people want to admit it or not, there is a war. That's just a fact. Yeah. Whether WWE is the one that made it the war or AEW did. It was WWE, by the way. They're the ones that made this a war. But at the end of the day, you don't want to just let a guy like Andrade or Sammy Guevara, for that matter, walk onto the free market. You just don't. You want to let him stay under contract. That makes sense. The problem is, is that you need to set a precedent that these guys aren't going to do it. Send their asses home. Whether it's a work or a shoe, we have not seen or heard from the Young Bucks in a month. The same as CM Punk. He's hurt, but the point still stands. You are capable of sending these guys home. Fucking yeah. do it. I Just mean... send Sammy home. And then I don't, like, we're going to talk about the main event. But it was so fucking tone deaf. So tone deaf. To let this match end in a way where you have, and I understand, you know, in pro wrestling, wins, losses, they matter, but they also don't matter. But to have Sammy just pin Daniel Garcia like that felt like the most tone-deaf ending to a match. Like, it, it just blew my mind. I was like, surely they're going to have Sammy job out here. Like, like, whether that was the plan originally or not, surely that's the plan. Yeah. But they didn't end up doing that. They ended up going along with what I assume was the finish all along, which was to have Jericho hit uh, Garcia with the belt from outside the ring when Aubrey wasn't looking. And for Sammy to pin Garcia with no finisher. And I thought that that was just fucking atrocious. Yeah, I mean, I didn't like the ending. I never liked those distraction finishes for a main event, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, well, you know, I, I don't mind the finish in a sense of it happening, period. My my problem comes again with with Sammy doing it. Sammy, and, yeah. And I'm sorry, Jeff, that yeah. I'm going on a tirade here because, like, we're about to have a really great show where we talk about a lot of great stuff. Yeah. And we're going to bring this up again because, unfortunately, Sammy's in this show twice, and yeah. Ty's in this show twice. So it's just like you know, it, I, I like it, to it, think it, that Tony doesn't want to uh, rewrite the show right before, so he's just going to deal with it after. That would be my my main line of thinking. I understand at the that, and I and I sympathize. I, I complete again, like I completely understand it. Like when I when we were in the Discord as, as the show is going on, and everyone's like, "Well, what are they doing with the main event? What are they doing with the main event?" I understand why that's an issue. My counter argument is, you need to set a fucking precedent. Send him home. Jericho is in a group with other guys who are in the building. As we saw, they were all in that promo tonight. You yeah. could have very easily, even if you wanted to do it a storyline thing. You could say that, like, I don't know, just come up with something. Even if you don't want to just say on TV, hey, he got into a fight with Andrade, we fucking sent him home. Like, you could, it's wrestling. You could book it in a way, and people will understand. The fans in the building were booing Sammy Guevara tonight with go-away heat. They knew what was going on. Everyone knows what, what's going on. They hate like, AW's fan base is very smart, you, and, and they don't baby us very often. But this felt like something where it was like, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, why, why are we not sending Sammy home? Sammy yeah. had absolute go-away heat tonight. It was not heat in a heel sense. Anytime Sammy did something cool, they said, you still suck. Yeah, you still suck. You still yeah. suck. And, and that's go-away heat in AEW, because here's the thing. When, when wrestlers do something cool in AEW, the fans respect it. MJF is the most hated man in wrestling. Well, not these days. But even when he was the most hated man in wrestling, when he did something cool, people fucking cheered him for it. Dude, he did something cool tonight, man. He pulled a move I never fucking seen before. That shit was incredible. That was insane. And again, like that's the fucking wild thing is that this show is so good. It's such a great show. 
And like, I swear to God, like I'm getting the anger out now. Because I was going to say, I nothing else to be angry. You would think that this is like the worst dynamite ever without fucking pissed off. I am, but it's just like, you're doing a disservice to so many people, to fans, to talent, to Tony, to yourself. Like you're just, you're just not fucking helping. And then no. Sammy does this vlog, right? He goes on to, uh, again. Sorry. We're just, I'm fucking pissed. He goes on Tuesday on yesterday and he does his vlog and he basically called, says, you know, people are just immature. There's so much drama. And I'm like, dude, you're the one that's fucking bringing this drama out, acknowledging it. And it was really funny because we was again in the discord today and Swerve Strickland, I shared this tweet from Swerve and Swerve said uh, something on the lines of, it's not about who starts the fight. It's who escalates the fight. And yeah. Sammy Guevara escalated this argument. We can say that Andrade started it. That's very true. And Andrade should have been sent home. And he was. But to sit here at 10.38 Eastern after Dynamite, the fact that that happened at 8 o'clock, <laughs> I know, I'm trying to let it out. It's just, it's fucking crazy to me that this is, this is something we have to talk about. The fact that he did this shit, like, right before the show went on the air, and it had to be, like, right before, because this story leaked at, like, 803 like literally as dynamite was starting it was probably the moment andrade arrived he probably was like where's sammy yeah absolutely and the thing is like again like we're not stupid we know andrade's got his plan b lined up he wants to get out of there he wants to go to wwe he's that kind of guy where he wants everything to be about him he didn't get what he wanted from wwe he got released he didn't he's not getting what he wants from AEW. he's gonna get he's not gonna get released i think he's just gonna sit at home for the rest of his contract yeah. I would be I wouldn't be surprised if we never see Andrade El Idolo in AEW ever again. I yeah, just, I wouldn't I be wouldn't. surprised either. But but again, the fact still remains that Sammy should have been sent home. Tony Khan made a big error here on my part. I think it lowers your locker room morale. It pisses off your fans. I'm a fan. I'm a customer. I'm fucking pissed. Like like what are we doing? There was a guy. Brian, okay, last thing before we move on. Brian Cage, right? Brian Cage was on AEW Dynamite tonight, Jeff. He was fucking incredible. Hell and yeah, you're telling was. me, and like even Brian Cage has had some has had some issues like with with speaking out in the past, you know, about dumb shit. But the okay, fact to boy. me, like, I would rather you fucking yank Sammy right now off of TV, throw his ass at home, give me Brian Cage every fucking week. Hell yeah, there you go. I 100. I, I, I love Brian Cage. Ridiculous, absolutely. Dude's a ridiculous. monster. This was an excellent episode of Dynamite. <laughs> Yeah, let's uh let's stop talking about Sammy Ugh. here and let's get uh let's get on with the uh review of our episode of Dynamite tonight. <clears throat> Jeff, you can clip that for later and you can you can you can use that. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So coaches, we start coaches, the episode coaches three off three hours from now. Coach is three hours from now, like holy shit. Anyways, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. So we start the episode off with MJF versus Wheeler Yuta immediately. Um, you know, and the first thing I wrote down here tonight was it is absolutely fantastic to see MJF actually wrestle again in full wrestling gear, a full wrestling match. This was fucking fantastic, man. This is one of my favorite matches I've seen in weeks. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, this was his first legitimate match since, since I think getting power bombed 11 times by Wardlow. I don't even call that a legitimate match even before that, you know. No, I wouldn't. And, and even then, he faced Sean Dean in a countout match. Yeah. That was leading up to um, that was I was leading up to the Wardlow match as well. I think, or was that the Punk match? It was one or the other. But right. he hasn't had a meaningful match on free TV, and I don't think this year. I I don't think he's had like the last meaningful match he wrestled was like last November. 
yeah, yeah that's been a long time. I mean, that's why it was the first thing I wrote down tonight, actually. It was mm-hmm. definitely yeah. good to see him back in the ring. And uh, you might have heard me a little bit ago say MJF pulled out a move that I have never seen before. So MJF hit Wheeler Yuta with a powerbomb, but coming down on the powerbomb, he powerbombed him onto his knee. That was insane. I have never seen that before. That looked absolutely brutal. Mm. Yeah, I, I thought that, man, this was such a big moment, such a big night and match for Wheeler Yuta, because obviously MJF is a star. And we've talked, like, Wheeler is a star. Like, we, I know, we, we've talked about it, and he is. But, like, this was the match where I really feel like, not that it clicked, but, like, MJF being, like, an S tier. Like, remember when we did the rankings? We did the AW tier rankings, and MJF was an S? Like, yeah. I know he faced Mox, but, like, this was, like, the first time where it really felt like we expected Wheeler to be in that in that ballpark, and he delivered in that ballpark. It was just... Both guys were over as fuck. You know, we went into the. I went into this expecting this to be a very MJF heavy crowd, and Wheeler Yuta was going to impress his way into a favorable uh, reaction. That wasn't the case here. The fans were very behind Wheeler Yuta, uh, and I thought that that spoke a lot about Wheeler Yuta and this build that they've had here. Um, and I think MJF indirectly. I mean, obviously, again, he doesn't lose them. He doesn't lose the match, but like, man, like. You want to talk about a wrestler looking great in defeat? Like that's Wheeler. You did, you did the night, man. It was. This was an excellent match. I fucking love this match. Yeah, um, I thought Wheeler Yuta was fantastic here. Um, you know, there was that spot where they kept doing the reversals on each other. They were rolling around. You know, one, two, one, two, one, 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 two. And I don't know if you could see it, but my tv was showing it perfectly uh bryce rimsberg's hand was so red after that um his whole forearm and our and hand were just beat red it was it was pretty cool um wheeler yuda hit a monster avalanche hurricane rana off the top rope um i really enjoyed the spot where mjf rolled all the way across the ring so that wheeler yuda couldn't do his frog splash and Yuta still just jumped all the way across the ring and hit him with the frog splash. That was freaking great. Yeah, I think that's like one of the spots that really sticks out to me too. The fact that he rolls out of the way and he thinks you can't get me, and he flips him off, and yeah, and there's like I'm going for it, and he fucking gets him. Uh, it was just yeah, I love this match. Excellent, yeah, excellent match. So MJF I, I don't know if gets... I'm giving it a five star, but it's like it's it's like really close for me. There, this this match was really good. I was really into this match. Yeah, I, I give it like four point two five. 4.5 maybe yeah yeah um so mjf actually gets the win with a new variation of the salt of the earth i don't know if you noticed that um he did like a front flip over their body holding the arm and immediately got uh wheeler to tap out so it looks like he's kind of stepped up his arsenal a little little bit with that salt of the earth elevation evolution yep absolutely put it on a t-shirt all right, next up, we got a uh, really nice video package cool. for the main event. So, um, time out. Oh, time out. Time out. You're completely skipping over the post-match segment, which was also very good. So basically, okay, yeah, yeah. following the match, Wheeler Yuta, he offers his hand to MJF, and MJF's looking like he's thinking about taking it. Obviously, it's MJF, so I don't fucking trust him at all. So I saw someone on Twitter being like, I can't believe MJF turned babyface. It was like, you have never, you you don't know MJF, do you? Yeah. Um, yeah. But So basically, MJF's thinking about shaking his hand. 
Lee Moriarty comes out with Stokely Hathaway, attacks him from behind. Uh, and then we have, it seems like they're about to, you know, Stokely brings out the uh, dynamite diamond ring, gives it to MJF. He's like, all right, now hit him. Lee's holding him. William Regal, William fucking Regal stands up, who, Looking by the way, was giddy the whole match for MJF. And I just think that's so perfect. William Regal in character would be, would be absolutely giddy about MJF. But anyway, so, you know, Regal, he cuts up, puts on brass knucks, which we've been waiting for to see Regal with the brass knucks, goes down to the ring and has this stare down with MJF in his ring. And I was just like, man, this is such a fucking cool moment. Like, what a moment this was. Yeah, that, that was actually excellent. I'm surprised I skipped over that too, actually. Um, but yeah, that, that, that was really, really a good spot there. Um, MJF was kind of shouting at Lee Moriarty and Stokely Hathaway that, you know, I didn't tell you to do this. I didn't tell you to do this. So it looked like Stokely was kind of like taking charge there a little bit. Um, but like, like you said, you know MJF too well to trust this, but I think this might've just been a little hint of something possibly in the future, but we'll see. I think it's a swerve. I, I don't, I understand that people really love MJF right now, but they've clearly like, if you remember in Buffalo, when he came back, he was acting like a baby face and he's like, I don't really give a shit. Fuck all of you. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Like, Obviously, we don't know. We'll see what happens. But if I had to bet my money on it, I would say that MJF is swerving them right now. And it's going to be like it's going to be like Blackpool Combat Club versus The Firm. And MJF's just kind of there, which that's what they're setting up for. I mean, I'm still like right now, I'm like 90 percent sure MJF beats Mox for the title at full gear. That's what I think is going to happen. But I mean, it just you're lining up for that to work. So, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. All right, so next up after that, after William Regal comes out for the save with the golden pair of brass knuckles. Oh, that was so good. Um, we had a video package for the main event. Um, it kind of signaled to us that Sammy was still there. You know, it made everybody go check their phones, and uh, we did confirm that Sammy Guevara was uh, not sent home at that point. Um, decent video package. Uh, you know, Jericho and, Sa and Sammy did their thing. It was did what it needed to do for the main event. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I thought that this segment was kind of the point where I realized, like, oh, yeah, okay. So, originally, they have Sammy kind of standing in the background, and I'm thinking, like, okay, they're going to write Sammy all out of this match. Like, they're, like, not write him out. Like, he'll go out to the ring, but I could see it, like, where, like, Garcia and Danielson just, like, really fuck him up, and he's out of the match for a good portion of it. Um, and then he steps into the foreground of the promo, and I'm like, oh, maybe not. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just hoping... For, for something that should happen, and it's not happening. Yeah, yeah. All right, next up was Darby Allen versus Jay Lethal in a one-on-one -on -one match where Jay Lethal did not want Sanjay Dutt or Satnam Singh to come out to the ring to help him at all. Um, and, man, this, this match was just... If you love professional wrestling, like, this match was for you, man. This was a amazing professional wrestling match. Just... It's such an excellent match, and there is a theme tonight that I think was, again, the Sammy bullshit is so unfortunate because if you look back at this mat at this night, right, like what do you see? You see the pillars. You see the future a lot. You know what was the first match? MJF, a pillar versus Wheeler Yuta. You know a member, of, a part of the future here. Next match, maybe not Jay Lethal, but Darby Allen, a pillar. All the pillars were in this show tonight. Jungle Boy was here tonight. Uh, Sammy was in the show tonight. Like Daniel Garcia wrestled tonight. 
Yeah. Look at the women's match. Willow got the pin tonight. Like it, it just it felt like a very young show. Um, and this match kind of continued that trend for me. Um, and, and what an excellent match. It just it really was. I, I love this match as well. I don't love it as much as the first one, but man, what a what a great fun match this was. Yeah, this was fantastic. Uh, Lethal worked over Darby's leg pretty much the entire match. Um, man, that that dragon screw leg thing from the top rope looked so nasty. So if you guys know the where they kind of do the little dragon screw throw with someone's leg, Lethal did it to Darby off the top rope. I'd never seen that before either. That was uh, that looked nasty. Yeah, it was. Again, this is a fucking this is a wild match. Yeah, uh, at one point, Sanjay Dutt and Satnam Singh come out. Um, Jay Lethal sends them to the back, which kind of leads into this finish um, where Darby wins. And then uh, what follows is Jay Lethal and Darby Allen shaking hands um, and a really cool ending. Really cool ending uh, post-match. Uh, yeah, scene. Darby was kind of asking him to shake his hand and he wouldn't do it. And he started pushing him and shoving him like, come on, shake my hand. These guys aren't, you know, you're not supposed to be with these guys. And Eventually, he did shake his hand. It was pretty cool. Yeah, loved it. All right. Next up was a uh, really nice video package for the Embassy with Prince Nana and uh, the Gates of Agony with Brian Cage. Um, kind of introducing everybody to them again. Um, I thought this was fantastic. Um, led right into the match with Wardlow versus Brian Cage. Um, dude, these guys are both monsters man they took turns curling each other like if you guys didn't see this they literally took turns holding each other you know like a loaf of freaking or like a sack of potatoes and they curled each other like it was insane the feats of strength tonight were nuts so number one i will never not mark out for prince nana it's 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 just a it's so nostalgic it reminds me of going to the old ring of honor shows in philly and just the fact that they brought him in for ring of honor is just wonderful i i just i love it and i remember i love on commentary that they explained his character too that he's uh he's supposedly a prince from gandhi yeah (laughs) and it's just like i always remember that being like again because like being in philly and just at a philly show it's like man i bet this guy is just like from fucking south philly it's just like yeah. i'm a, like you know what i mean like i always thought like his character is that he's a con artist but like he only, he's never admitted to it so maybe he is a prince i don't know <laughs> it'd be way. funny if like the city of ghana came out and they were like we have no idea who he is <laughs> <laughs> um so you pointed out the strength of these men which we know that they both have i'm gonna choose the showcase and this is just an excellent match this is how you know that we both have different things we can talk about i want to showcase the agility and the fucking crazy moves that we saw from these guys tonight. We saw Wardlow do a fucking Hurricane Rana. Yeah. And a Whisper in the Wind. That's, I Brian thought that's Cage what it doing... was, man. I wrote down, was that a Whisper in the Wind with a question mark? It was like my eyes didn't want to believe what I saw. I saw later on Twitter, Matt Hardy was like, that wasn't a Whisper in the Wind. That's a Whisper in the Wardlow. <laughs> that's awesome. Or a Wardlow in the Wind, he said. Um, oh, Wardlow in the Wind. <laughs> yeah, I think that's my... Um, you know, and then you got Brian Cage doing a 619. I said it earlier, and you know, number one, this is Wardlow's best match to date. Oh, it was great. Th- this was fucking excellent. This was phenomenal. More matches like this. Um, and, and again, 
um, Brian Cage. I don't want to hear that you don't have anything for Brian Cage. I just don't want to hear it. Like, um, I, I know it's a big problem, the roster being bloated and stuff. Well, send Sammy Guevara home, and my point once again stands. Send the cancer home, so that way you can have a guy like Brian Cage who wants to work, work. Just yeah. that's kind of what it comes down to. But I loved this match, um, and I thought we got a really cool post-match, too. Uh, so Wardlow wins via the Powerbomb Symphony. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to mention about this match? The freaking Powerbomb Symphony to Brian Cage. Four freaking Powerbombs. And he didn't look like he struggled on any of them. Like, you know how sometimes when they got to pick up a big guy, they don't get him all the way up there and they kind of just drop him down? He got Brian Cage all the way up all four times, man. That was just incredible. These two guys are fantastic. I want more Brian Cage. I want more Wardlow. This was great. Yep. And so we get a post-match beatdown where the Gates of Agony, the rest of the embassy come out. They're all beating him up. Uh, Samoa Joe comes out to originally make the save. Then he starts getting beat up. And again, love Prince Nana because you have all these big dudes just beating the shit out of them. And Prince Nana is there like just throwing punches. <laughs> like it's it's not necessary at all for Prince Nana to do it, but I just love that he does it. It gives off like really old school wrestling heel manager vibes, like where the manager will just be like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll fucking punch him, sure." Uh, in which case, uh, FTR appears and they save uh war joe yeah um, i i was um expecting ftr to come out before samoa joe did actually i kind of kind of spaced on the samoa joe thing because i thought it was like three on three but as soon as excalibur said it's four on two i was like ah that makes perfect sense samoa joe first and then ftr you know like i just i love how commentary like if you're actually listening commentary ties almost everything up for you if you're really listening yeah absolutely all right. Um, so uh, I think I wrote down here Gates versus the Gate uh, Gates of Agony versus FTR soon, please. Um, yes, I definitely want that match. Um, it was kind of interesting wish. how the Gates of Agony were refusing to step off the ring. You know what I mean? Um, they kept having yeah, to push yeah. them off the ring, and I was kind of like, guys, don't you know how this works? You're supposed to get 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 off the ring when the good guys come in. You know, like get out. Yeah, but what? But what? But they shouldn't be. So here's the thing, right? And this is nothing against FTR, but those two big Samoan dudes should not be intimidated by anybody. I think in the, so, I, I do believe that's what was in their heads. They're like, we shouldn't be intimidated by anybody. We're not going to. Yeah, they can run. get their ass kicked by FTR, but they're not. They, they should not yeah. be running scared from FTR. Like the Gates of Agony, they're they're a heel team. Like, and that's the thing. Like, you got to keep in mind. Like, there are different kinds of heels. The same way there's different different kinds of baby faces. It's like not every heel needs to run out of the ring in fear. And that's why you saw you know Prince Nana was like kind of like. He was kind of that gap there where he's the one that's like, oh, shit, we got to get out of here. And Brian Cage rolled out of the ring, too, because he's kind of doing, I guess, a more traditional heel thing. But these two big Samoan dudes, like, wow, they should not be afraid of, of FTR. No, <laughs> no not offense at all. FTR, not at all. But, yeah. All right. So next so up next was up a Britt Baker Brit promo. promo. Um saying that Soraya was not cleared to wrestle and that everybody should just forget about her. So I immediately was like, oh, good, she's cleared to wrestle. <laughs> um, yeah, it was... The, this segment was definitely meant to, like, throw people off. Like, there was no way that Britt Baker was going to be the one that revealed that Soraya couldn't wrestle. No. Um, 
and even then, like, I think Excalibur kind of wanted to, like, kind of hammer that home where he's like, I'm not sure what doctors that she's spoken to. I mean, <laughs> she's good. a doctor, so maybe she's quoting herself. But, yeah, leads leads to the uh, the trios match. Tony Storm, Athena, Willow Nightingale versus Penelope Ford, Serena Deeb, and Jamie Hayter. This was, and this is, uh, this was really sorry, good, wasn't it? Again, when I opened this show and I said this was probably the best in-ring wrestling dynamite we've had maybe ever, like, I stand by that. You would have to literally pull up an episode of Dynamite and be like, no, Rome, this was actually the best in-ring <laughs> wrestling Dynamite ever. And then I would watch it, and maybe I would agree, maybe I wouldn't. But in recent memory, this one takes the cake. Yeah, I don't um, think I would be able to come up with one that was better if I tried, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's just, it was excellent. This is another excellent match on this card. Um, another week of Jamie Hayter just being the chosen one. Um, Tony's going to have to react to that sooner rather than later. I mean... I understand he's got a program that he has in his mind, which I feel like is leading towards uh, Soraya and Britt Baker. Yes. But you might have to, I mean, maybe you have to do Jamie versus Britt first. I don't know. It seems kind of... Yeah, it feels like we were about to pull the trigger on Jamie and Britt, and then they were like, oh, wait, Soraya's here. What do we do now? You know? Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, but anyway, so yeah, this is an excellent match. It ends with uh, Willow Nightingale pinning Penelope Ford, which felt like such a huge moment for Willow. And again, it, there was just this this theme tonight, and I'm sure it was intentional, where it was like the pillars and the young guys and gals were the ones that really stood out tonight. Like, I'm sitting here, and I'm not talking about Brian Danielson. I'm not talking about Chris Jericho. Yes, they were in the main event. Yes, they were great. You know, I'm not talking about Mox's in-ring work. He had a great promo tonight, but like, Sitting here after Dynamite, the positive things that I want to talk about are MJF, Yuta, Darby Allen, Willow Nightingale. You know what I mean? Wardlow and some and um and Brian Cage. Like these are the guys I want to talk about. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's uh, funny that you point that out. I actually didn't notice that all the young people were winning until you um until you mentioned it earlier. You know, that's a very good observation there. Thank you, thank you. When this wrestling is so fucking good and enjoyable, I just sit there and I just fucking absorb it all in. It's excellent. Um, Real quick, but, I am changing yeah. our uh, our th- our thumbnail to the acclaim. So if you want to take over for a moment here, go right ahead. Sure, absolutely. So after the match, we had Britt Baker and Soraya do a stare down, which of course they end up getting physical. There's a whole big fight. Um, you know, I'm watching Soraya <laughs> fight Britt Baker. I'm like, yeah, she's cleared. Oh yeah, that was great. Not, they kicked the shit just, out of each other for a minute. Yeah, there was there was some good action going on there. You had um, Rebel, not Reba, kind of being like, um, like, oh, don't hit me, don't hit me, and she fucking kicks her in the face. That was really super cool. Kick. I want to say that this was a great bounce back from last week, and this is the thing again with AEW is that when they make a misstep, the course correction is always so strong. Because if you listen to last week's episode of the Broken Tables podcast. Jeff really liked last week's women's segment. I did not. I thought that the DNA was there, but I felt overall it fell really short of what it was trying to accomplish, which was put over the women's division. You know what I think they did tonight? They put over the women's division. You had Willow Nightingale in there pinning Penelope Ford, and they're not even like the top girls in the division. Both looked phenomenal. Um, and, And then, you know, again here, it's just like this was a much better segment that got the point that last week was trying to convey into it and it's just great segment really enjoyed it 
Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there saying that, um, you know, they accomplished what they were trying to accomplish last week. That was, uh, that's exactly how I felt as well. So next up, we had Roosh talking, Roosh and Jose, the assistant, talking to private party. Andrade obviously was absent uh, due to him being sent home, as Sammy Guevara should have been. We um, and you know what? Watching this segment and watching the Roosh Hangman match tonight, Jose and and that act, they don't need Andrade. No, they didn't at all. I thought Roosh fit in perfectly with with this dynamic here between him and Jose. Like I think very easily, you could take Roosh and just insert him into the Andrade thing. You yeah, could. absolutely. I completely agree. Um, you could take Andrade out of there, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't miss him. I haven't really seen him in the ring very much. Uh, he's not that good on the mic. You know what I mean? Like, and Jose with Roosh works for me. I'm, 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 I'm fine with it. Yeah. Um. And so again, like, some real mixed messages here because Jose's uh talking about how Private Party are never there. They're never doing their part for the uh, I guess it's still the Andrade family office. Um, but they um, he's like, I know Matt's been contract tampering with you. Do the right thing. And I was like, this is a kind of a weird like thing that they're making into a storyline. I don't know how I feel about it necessarily, but I mean, right, dude, they he even said uh, they they said like they or said, what, and he's like, or we'll take you to court for tampering yeah. for yeah. I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was the thing, right? Because you didn't watch Rampage on Friday night because we had went to the show, but I wanted to watch it because I realized that there were no promos that were shown. And they do this promo on Friday. We didn't talk about it because we didn't do a show on Friday. And it's just this crazy segment, kind of like this, where like they're talking about contract tampering to Andrade's face. And Andrade's like, what's going on? And I'm just like, <laughs> I can't tell if I'm being worked or not right now because it's like, I don't, I don't know. Like something's going on here. Like I don't know if everybody like in that promo was ribbing Andrade because everyone fucking knows that he's talked to fucking Paul Levesque. Which fuck off for that, by the way. Um, but man, yeah, I don't, I don't know. This was, this was wild. This shit's fucking crazy. That it's a storyline. Yeah, I do think it's funny that they're interjecting that in there. Um, I think they're just like letting. The E know, like, listen, we we know what we know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, fucking wild. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next up, we had National Scissoring Day, which oh, dude, Tony Schiavone saying "scissor me, Taz," and him going "no" was one of the funniest things I've ever heard. I lost my shit. <laughs> so. First, we start with a, number one, a podium in the ring. There are very few things in a promo that I fucking love more than a podium in the ring. I, I um, think they were I, going I was, with a theme of this was DC and congressmen and stuff like that. It felt like he was being a senator. He was using the old thumb fist. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so, so I'm going to, I have a really crazy parallel I'm going to make in a little bit because I saw a sign that made me think about this. And I went down this whole rabbit hole, but first I want to do justice to the segment itself. So we first we get a banger of a rap from Max Caster. He's talking yes. about insider trading and being homegrown talent, and just it was really good. First, first of all, loved it, absolutely loved it. Um, 
And then we proceed to just, they're the hottest act in wrestling right now. Oh, dude, they're so over. It's crazy. It, it reminds me, honestly, like completely like, no, like I'm not like being sarcastic when I say this. It reminds me of the crowd reactions from the Attitude Era. Like, it just, does, I yeah. felt like watching this crowd tonight was just a crowd from the 90s where it was just like, like there were people, there was literally a fucking South Park character sign in the fucking great. crowd tonight. So good. Like, it just felt like an old school crowd from the 90s from the Attitude Era where like the Attitude Era had these great gimmicks that people really got behind. And like when people got behind it, everybody was behind it. And that's not to say that things don't get over in AEW or other places anymore, but it just had a different vibe to it. It just had a completely different vibe. And so they're, they're just kind of love. They're just taking a victory lap during this segment. Bowens is just kind of talking about, you know, they're the top selling shirt of the year right now. And the shirts only been on sale for a month. They're just going through all this stuff. They say that AEW now stands for the acclaimed every Wednesday. Which, like, I was like, let's fucking go for that. Um, just some other things I thought was great is uh, Bowens calls himself the Sultan of Scissoring. <laughs> uh, he explains that scissoring is a handshake. It's a sign of friendship. Um, then they start talking about Swerve, setting up for a rematch. And then we get, um, they start referring to him as Sneaky Swerve. Which, Sneaky Swerve, dude, that was so good. I was laughing was so hard. so good. Um, and then we get Billy kind of jumping in here doing the DX thing before the reunion. He did his part of the DX thing because you know he's not going to be there Monday because they don't have the fucking balls to invite him to Monday Night Raw. Um, you know, even though he's one of Triple H's best friends, you would think that if it's not a war, right? Like, there's no competition, and, and why not invite him? But you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I got to had... point out something that Max Caster said here. So in his uh, speech, you're about to, yeah, I'm about to he says, that. there's no red, there's no blue, there's no left, no right. It's going to be the first bipartisan scissor, scissor ever. And dude, I was sitting there just like, dude, these guys are just like made for me, man. Cause I, I'm right down the middle. You know what I mean? Like these dudes yeah. are so made for me. I love these guys. They're great. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm getting, I'm getting there again. There's a lot of good stuff for this segment. So then Max is talking about, um, it's a church. He does like a church gag where it's like in church, for those of you who aren't aware, you know, in church, you kind of get to a point where they say, you know, greet your, your fellow man, look to your left and to your right and greet your, the congregation. And it's like, you know, you're supposed to shake hands and say, peace be with you. So Max tells people to get up your scissors, turn to your left and right and wish peace to your, to your fellow fans. And it's like, be, peace be with you. Peace be with you. And I'm dying at this point. Cause I fucking love that. Um, and then, and then Max kind of talks about how his dad won the Super Bowl for the Redskins 40 years ago, which I didn't even know. Thought that was really cool. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Um, I was like, "What?" <laughs> and he's and he's talking about how, which first of all, forty years ago, LOL, fuck Washington, go Birds. Um, but he's talking about how like Max's dad's ring, he wears it to this day, and it means so much to him. And Max, like, this is what the title means to me. Um, and then, like you say, he tries the acclaimed. Tr so in my, here's what my notes is. Here's what my notes says: the acclaimed tried to unite America. Swerve ruins it. America is in shambles. <laughs> and I think that no truer statement has ever been spoken on the Broken Tables podcast. 
then the acclaimed tried to unite America, America in in shambles due to a failed attempt. Oh, that was funny. Um, you know, and then Swerve comes out, Swerve doing some great heel work. It's it's crazy. It's almost like somebody predicted that he was a heel yeah. a month ago. And I like right. how he said rock beats scissors. Yeah. That was great. And then Mark Sterling shows up. And you know that Mark Sterling shows up just to be able to do the line as he's walking past Swerve. He's like, by the way, paper beats rock, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> um Love Mark. Mark said he was right about Swerve. Um, the acclaimed they pretty much beat the shit out of them. We get Billy Gunn set up for to face Swerve next week on Dynamite. Um, and America is somewhat saved as the the acclaimed scissor to close out the segment. Great segment, man. It was this was one of my favorite segments of the entire year. So I saw a sign during this show, during this promo segment. It's not really a promo, it's a segment. And it's you know the Drake meme where it's like mm, and then it's like yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the first one was where it was like mm, was DX. And then the second one where it's like, yeah, it was the acclaimed. And like it kind of dawned on me and clicked on me that we are talking about the acclaimed the way we used to talk about DX. Oh yeah. And like we're talking about like Tony Khan saying, like, oh, people in school are, you know, are scissoring each other and you know, like Swerve is like, people are going to get sent home from school for wearing these t-shirts. That's who you want as your champions? Like, and it just oh. kind of really dawned on me that, like, holy shit, like, the acclaimed are reaching that level. Obviously, they don't have the tenure, but, like, like, like they're the first the acclaimed. I don't like the, but, like, they, they're carrying that torch of kind of what DX used to stand for, in to, yeah. you know, in today's wrestling world. And I just... I drew that connection for the first time and being a former, you know, not former, I, I love DX, but being a big DX fan and then kind of looking at the acclaimed, I'm like, like, holy shit. Like I see that in them, which is fucking incredible. I mean, DX, in my opinion, one of the, if not the best faction of all time, you know, up there with like the NWO and stuff. So but, like, I love this, what Swerve like, said, how he said, you know, two decades ago, kids were getting suspended for doing the whole DX thing. He's like, and now two decades later, it's going to happen again with the scissors. And I was just like, I was like, that's so perfect. Like, oh, uh, it was great. Everything about this. I just love that Billy Gunn is just kind of there so to good. bridge that gap. Because he, yeah. he does his DX thing and he just fits in with that vibe. I guess that's what I'm looking, I'm trying to say is that the acclaimed have the same vibe today that DX had back then. And that is it. That is a very high compliment for me. Um, but like, yeah, man. Like, I, I just love the acclaimed. I think they're they're so over right now. Clearly, they are. The fan, like, the crowd is reacting in a way that's like it goes beyond being over. There's being over, and then there's being like you have the entire arena with scissors and yeah. the shirts and the signs and. Uh, it's just magical, and I, I hope they can keep it up. I think they can. I think that they're, I think they're very good, and I do love them booking themselves to be on every single dynamite moving forward. I'm yeah, all, I like I'm that. They kind of pushed Tony into a corner there, forcing them to be on every dynamite now. You know, I don't know yeah. if that was planned or not, but they better be on every dynamite for a while. And and then again, this is also kind of again to speak into that that comparison I'm drawing between them and and DX, where it's just like. When DX would go out and do a promo, it wasn't always the most coherent thing, but everything they said was awesome. 
And the acclaimed, it was the same vibe tonight. It was just three guys in the ring, kind of jumping from point to point. I, again, like the podium even. Like I know they're in DC, but like and doing like the this thing. Like DX did something very similar yeah. back in the day. Like that's one of my all-time favorite wrestling promo segments where Sean and Triple H and China are standing at the podium and Sean's like, I did not sleep with that young intern. I was up all night. Like it's it just very similar vibe and it's just and it's such that's a high compliment. It's it's very good. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so next up was a um, Dark Order video package against the Death Triangle. So for Rampage, I believe this was, we're going to be getting Death Triangle versus uh, Dark Order? Yeah, so Tony Khan tweeted out uh, about 30 minutes before the show, which again is probably about when the fight happened. You know, he said that Andrade versus 10 was off, and instead we were going to be getting a trios title match with Death Triangle defending against the Dark Order. Um, Okay. Initial thought was okay. Like once I realized the Andrade thing happened, I was like, okay. Well, I mean, they had to book something on the fly, so I get it. But then my instant second thought was like, oh great, it's the Dark Order. And like this segment was like exactly why I fucking hate the Dark Order. Like, I they were kind of taking it seriously, but then of course John Silver has to start talking like like pack. Yeah. And I'm like, it just it was a miss for me. And I know that I have a bias because I'm just tired of the dark order it just didn't land super well with me i was just kind of sitting there like now okay well you're just talking about how brody lee died two years ago and it was two year death anniversary like could you could you take the match a little bit more no so they were actually talking about his last match anniversary um is coming that's what i meant sorry the anniversary of his last match not his death he died in december but Um, did you notice um i don't know if i've ever heard 10 speak before outside of uh bte and ten spoke. He's done a little bit. I, 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 that, to me, that was the first time I had ever heard ten speak. I was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> yeah, no, he, he's he's done a little bit. Okay, nothing nothing too crazy, but I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to be down on it, but I was just kind of like, okay. I um, mean, you know, you're just you're not a big fan of the Dark Order. I get it, but you know, if you are a fan of the Dark Order, it was it was fine. It is what it is. I'm I'm sure it'll be a great match. Um, you know, we'll oh, see what yeah, happens. I mean, Again, it's not that I don't consider myself a fan. I love everybody in the Dark Order. That's not my problem. My problem Just give them something to do. Give them direction. I know. And maybe this is that. So I don't know. Maybe I uh, maybe I shouldn't be complaining. Maybe we'll figure it out. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. All right. Next up next was up Madison was Rain and Sky Blue doing a backstage uh, interview. And, you know, Madison Rain was talking up Sky Blue, trying to, you know, tell everybody she's an awesome up-and-comer in AEW, you know. And, and Sky Blue said Sky she Blue wants said to take, wants a, to take shot. a shot. Or I'm sorry, wait. I'm sorry, wait. Sky Blue said, Sky what did Blue she say that brought out Tay, brought uh, out Tay, Tay and Anna? Um, she said something that brought out Anna Jay and Ty Conti. Oh, so she was talking about how Sky Blue has improved and has gotten better. Yes. And, and they jumped Anna in and Jay said and that she needed to, like, oh, she you, needed you to work on better. her flair. That's what it was. They're like, yeah, you've been working on your wrestling, but you need to work on your flair or sex appeal or sports entertainer or whatever you want to call it. Um, so she said, yeah, well, you two need to work on your wrestling, to which I was like, yeah. <laughs> so it looks like we're going to get Madison Rain and Sky Blue versus uh, Ty Conti and Anna Jay. And I actually thought it was really funny. Madison Rain was mocking them by saying, uh, 
you know, oh, that'll be entertaining. She 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 mocked uh, Daddy Magic there. That was good. Yeah, I I really enjoyed that. All right. Let's see here. Next up, we had Roosh versus Hangman. Hell yeah, dude! One of my favorite matches in a while. This this was so good. So the camera cut away, and I was so regretting that they did. Did you catch what Hangman did when the bell? Hangman like, offered right up the... the fucking scissor to Roosh like the code it... of honor, dude. I wrote that down. <laughs> yes, I was like, let's fucking go, like. Like, of course, and again, I just love Hangman. If there's something that I've realized in this past year, I've become a Hangman Adam Page guy. Yeah. I'm absolutely on board with Hangman. Any Hangman Adam Page hate, I don't want to hear it. And I could just hear it now. I hear the coach three hours from now being like, oh, he's not that good. You know, I'm, I'm the coach. I'm in the film room. Well, you don't have enough film on Hangman Adam Page. You need to go back. And love you, coach. That was not that mocking. I don't know why I did that. That was just dumb. But. <laughs> You know, he's probably in the film room like, oh, man, I just don't have enough film on this guy. Like, you need more film on this guy, is my point. Yes. Um, yes. This guy is phenomenal. And here he is. He's coming out. Instead of offering a handshake, he fucking offers the scissors. And I'm just like, that's, that's great. That's perfect. Yeah, I, I really wish they would have shown so them. I, I do believe they did uh, do the scissor thing. I think Roosh is used to the code of honor. I think he did do it back to him. I hope so. I, I would love to get some clarification. I'm going to have to go on Twitter tonight and see if I can find something. Yeah, I'll have um, to check that out too. But yeah, and then what followed was again just an incredible match. Like I feel like this episode is so funny because it's just the duality of me. Because it's like I was so mad at the beginning. And now I'm just sitting here like just pure bliss. Like this was just another excellent match on this card. Like just keep move moving down the card. It's just like excellent. Just another excellent match. Yeah. Um, so there was a guy in the audience with a jersey on. This was a basketball jersey that said Flint Tropics. Do you know uh, the name of the movie that that's from? No. So do you remember the Will Ferrell movie where he creates a basketball team and it's like in the 1970s? Is that from that? Yes. So that was the name of his uh, basketball team there. That's hilarious. <laughs> I thought that was great. I was like, yes. All yeah, right. no, that's that's awesome. All right, so um, I actually this match was unbelievable. We had a huge buckshot lariat for the win uh, with Hangman there. Um, after the match, Private Party comes out. Kind of remember Rush Roosh was uh, saying you guys better do the right thing. So Private Party comes out, but with no music or anything, Moxley shows up walking through the audience. And just scares them away with a glance. He just looks at him and shakes his head no. And Private Party are like, we're out. And they just turn around and walk away. So we get Moxley and Hangman coming face to face. Moxley says it has been three years he's been waiting to face the Hangman. He said he'd been watching him, been watching him grow through AEW, watched him become champion. He says they've both beaten everybody except each other. And now it's time to see uh, what's going to happen with that. Um, I, I actually thought this promo by Mox was absolutely fantastic on Hangman here. Uh, he said to him, you know, you're just like all the other dumb kids around saying stupid shit that gets you in trouble. 
direct that was a direct had to be reference to the whole punk situation and i was like thank god they mentioned it somewhere else like i thought it was great that they mentioned it so that like i took that for me that was the final nail in the coffin of that whole situation well so while i do think that happens in this segment i thought that was a reference to sammy i took that as a reference to sammy yeah yeah he could be talking about sammy too yeah absolutely because what he says is he says you're you're still a kid just like all these other and just like all these other kids you're talking shit that you can't back up and yeah, like yeah. by saying kids i kind of assumed he's talking about sammy there um, oh yeah absolutely however, that makes perfect sense yeah mox does say something that i took note of mox says that hangman is all that's standing in his way from becoming the top guy in aw from becoming the best in the world mm. yeah did he say best in the world said best in the world oh shit i missed that um i don't know how i feel about that (laughs) i completely agree with you where i think in a sense that this was an excellent promo from mox because it just puts hangman over really subtly but it's just like you have your top guy who we've talked about like since brawl out like your 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 top three guys who have just been really carried who really carried us through the past month obviously the young talent shined but it was Mox, Danielson, and Jericho. And to have Mox take Hangman. And it's just like, again, there is that section of fans, the coaches out there, the coaches of the world, the Juhasses of the world that just don't get Hangman out of page. And, you know, you have Mox coming in. Like, Mox is putting him over. He's like, you know, I've been waiting for this. You're the guy. I knew you were the guy. I've always known you were the guy that I was going to have to face to officially be like, I'm the best in AEW. And it's just it was excellent it just it even though it's mox and he's obviously the veteran of the locker room one of the veterans it still fit the theme where it's like we have young guys getting put over here hangman wins a great match against another young guy in roosh because hangman is still i mean he's on the cusp he's that bridge between the young guy and the and the older guys but it's just it's just putting these guys over putting the future over making the future relevant and i think that that's a really meaningful thing to do on an anniversary show yeah i completely agree um like i said i didn't even notice it till you pointed it out and i'm like man how did i miss that you know but it's it's great I, you know why it's, it's why you keep me around jeff absolutely <laughs> all right so after this was man one of my favorite of my promos favorite that, I that i have seen in a while involving the ladies. the ladies this was a this was promo a with promo willow, willow. Uh, with Jade Cargill. Um, Willow's emotions in this promo, like, really got me, man. Like, I got, like, emotional for her when she got all angry with them, you know, and kind of fired back at Jade. Like, what if I'm 38 and 1? I just, I don't know what it was, but this really, really came across well to me. I, I really liked that. Yeah, I, I agree. I think tonight really felt like I felt really like it was just tonight was a big night for Willow. As like I said, it was the rest of the of the younger talent. It just felt like a real big night for them. And it, it felt like that for Willow. She got the pin and then she has this segment and that's by design. Like that's there's a reason for that. Yeah. And I and I'm really torn because I think that beating Jade should be a very big deal. It should. It will be. You're building up a streak. The whole point you build up streaks 
Except for the Undertakers. Well, not even the Undertakers. It's all about execution. It was okay for Undertaker to lose at WrestleMania. It wasn't okay for him to lose against Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Made no fucking sense. Anyways. The, the point of a streak is to break the streak to put somebody over. And I think that there is not a lot of buildup to have Willow beat Jade. No, there's not. There's no way she should beat Jade. That being said, Willow Nightingale should be the one to beat Jade Cargill. Unless you're bringing in Sasha Banks, Mercedes Vernado. I don't know who else is beating Jade. I really don't. And I do think that they did in the promo a very good job of using a minimal current build by using history. By saying like, yes, Jade, you did beat me in a singles match. But that was then and this is now. And I better than I was then. Um, and I think that was a really magical, important way you know, to do that. I'll tell you where I think you're right here. If you named anyone in the women's division right now and said who would get the biggest pop for winning that TBS title, guarantee it's Willow. Yeah. It's probably not even close. The people just love her. She's one of those. It's almost like Hook. There's something about that personality that everyone's just like, yep, love that. Love them. Absolutely. Like, you know what I mean? Well, again, that's why people love what, like, obviously the in-ring action is always going to be extremely vital. And, like, how you can work a match is always going to be extremely vital. But the, the top-tier wrestlers, at least in my opinion, are the ones that can do both. And, you know, one being in the ring and the other being your character, your demeanor, like how people feel about you. And Willow has that kind of personality where you just want to get behind her. You'll want to cheer for Willow Nightingale. Yeah. And, you know, and it just it just works. She kicks ass. She's so good. And she's just so charismatic. She oozes charisma. And oh, yeah. you just like you said, it's like Hook. Hook oozes charisma in a different way. Sure. But it's just it's just so perfect how it's done. Oh, that, um, that pounce that she does, man. That's it's like Keith Lee out there. Bam. <laughs> Willow Nightingale is the kind of wrestler that can wake up a dead crowd. Oh, absolutely. I'll put it that way. She's the kind of wrestler that can wake up a dead crowd. You like, and that's why they put her on rampage because you know, and you, we've seen it. We were there. Like the crowd was like, it's rampage. We're tired. We're trying to hang in there, but you know, you do get a little bit tired after, after a, a, a dynamite. Dude, her and, and Jamie Hader woke that crowd up and they stole the show, man. All it takes is that music, the music. And she comes out and she's jumping around, flying around. And it, it's just excellent. I, I hope that she's going to get signed soon. Um, I want the graphic. I want the all elite graphic. I know. And Friday could be, it could be the night. I don't want to get my hopes up, but I mean, I, I Dude, think she's, she's actually going to be on the battle of the belts part, right? Yeah. So the, that's the TBS championship. Live. And that's going to be live. It's live. So it's the first time we don't know who's going to win these battle of the belts matches. Correct. And oh, it's just... going to be so good. I can't wait. I just want to take a second also to show appreciation to Tony Khan to finally getting this right. I mean, almost right. We have two hours of live wrestling on Friday. Live. We have Rampage, and then we have Battle of the Belts. And yes, it's from 10 to 12 again. Not ideal. But you know what? It's a step in the right direction, and I would much rather take two hours of live wrestling on Friday then the time slot change. I know you probably disagree with that, but me, give me two hours live on Fridays. That's what I want. 
I'm I'm fine with it. It's just you know usually means I'm gonna do a watch along instead of a uh, you know after pod type thing. But uh, we got someone in the chat. Fresh News twenty four seven says, "When the f are the Nightmare Collective coming back?" Luther was a pillar of AEW. Uh, Luther is now a coach slash trainer, I believe. Um, I do believe Luther is helping uh, train some of the younger talent. He's working as a coach. I believe he's also injured. So that's oh, why he's okay. Yeah, I knew he was being a coach. I wasn't sure if he was uh, injured or not. Yeah, he's 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 been working as a coach, but he's injured, so he hasn't been wrestling. Um, okay, Serpentico okay. has also been working as a coach. Yes, yes. And according to Swerve, he's doing a fantastic job. All right. All right, so next up after uh, that excellent segment with Willow was Luchasaurus coming out with Christian Christian Cage um, versus Fuego, who was already in the ring. And this could possibly go down as the fastest AEW match I have seen. Um, he choke slammed him and he hit him with the cutthroat, and that was it. Game over. One, two, three. It had to be less than, I'm going to say like 25 seconds, maybe 20 seconds. It was a quick match. It was a squash match. I don't think it was any quicker than other squashes we've seen. Um, more importantly, after the match, we get Jungle Boy comes out with a chair and attacks Luchasaurus and goes on to cut another phenomenal promo from him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that was a very good promo by Jungle Boy. Came out for the save. Basically told uh, Luchasaurus, like, we were best friends forever, and you chose him over me. You know, that that, that, was, a, that was a good line. Yeah, I just love afterwards. He's like, you know, you, you, you broke my heart. He's yeah. like, you're my best friend, man. You fucking, you, you chose him. You broke my heart, and now I'm going to break you piece by piece. Uh, <laughs> and I just thought that that was, I thought that was extremely well delivered from, from Jack Perry. Um, again, theme of the show the young guys and the pillars showing up showing out i mean there it is again all right next up we had a promo package for the death triangle versus the best friends right um i was a little confused here because we got the death triangle going up against the dark order um where are the best friends fitting in are we getting one of these matches like next week or so Pack is pulling double duty on Friday. Okay. He's oh, that's be, right. In in fact, oh, well, I guess the the trios titles are on Rampage. But so yeah, Pack is going to be part of the trios match, defending the trios titles against Dark Order. Um, and then we're getting the All Atlantic Championship being defended. Uh, Pack defending against um, Trent. Sorry. Gotcha. That was what it was. It was going to be Trent versus Pack. Now is that going to be on the same uh, night on Battle of the Belts? So it's going to be on the same night. The trios tournament or the trios title match is going to be on Rampage. So it'll probably open the show. Um, and then the Battle of the Belts is going to be after Rampage, immediately after Rampage. And that's going to probably, I wouldn't be surprised if they put Trent and Pack on last because of giving Pack a fucking break. That's going to be good. Yeah, oh. we're in for a really, really strong two hours of wrestling on, uh, on Friday. I don't think Pac will have any trouble wrestling to, you know, 10, 15 minute matches. He'd be fine. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens. I'm sure he'll be fine. Yeah. 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 All right. Next up was the main event. We had Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho versus Brian Danielson and uh, Daniel Garcia. Oh, go ahead. What? 
Yeah, no, no, I, I didn't want to interrupt you. I was waiting my turn. I just want to start off this segment by saying, fuck Sammy Guevara. Yeah. yeah. I was waiting for this segment to say that. Um, there were fuck you Sammy chants. Oh, yeah, there were. There were you still suck chants after every opportunity. Every time he did got. anything, even if it was cool. You still suck. And, you still and suck. And there was a, a sign that said Sammy Dramara. Yeah. <laughs> Like drama and then yeah. Guevara, but drama instead of Gua. That's great. Love uh, it. Anyways, funny. this was a great match. Um, I thought this was the worst match of the night, actually, ironically enough. Yeah, I um, agree. The crowd just wasn't into it, and I blame that on Sammy. I, I just hundred percent I think that this crowd knew what happened. Um and it just it just it you just it was a vibe like, killer. I thought that it felt like to me. It felt like the crowd wanted to boo Sammy as much as possible. So every time he got in there, the crowd actually got hot, but it was to, you know, go away heat for him. Yeah. And I think they really wanted to see him get the pin. Like they really wanted to see somebody take him out, you know? Yeah. And what did they do? They, they put Danielson through a table instead of Sammy, you know, that's where I think we went wrong. Um, Although, thank you, Chris Jericho, for the shout-out, you know, to the podcast there. Thank you for the, you know, the shout-out. That was excellent. But it should have been Sammy that went through that table in one form or another, you know, some sort of punishment. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree with you. I just, again, it's a vibe killer on what was a perfect night of wrestling. I thought that this match was good, but the crowd just wasn't into it. And honestly... I wasn't really into it because as we've discussed at the beginning of the show, you know, I'm, I'm pissed off. I, I think that AEW has so much going for it. And I think the company is so much going for it that I don't think it's fair to anybody, the talent, the fans or anything like that to just have Sammy come in and fucking ruin it. And like, or anybody, but Sam, you know, Sammy's the one that's ruining it right now. At the end of the day, it's on him. I'm going to put the blame on him. Jeff is showing a, is it a Macho Man? That is Macho Man. He just came out. I can't believe I found one. Oh, wow. That's nice. Um, I couldn't really tell at first, but then I realized that it says Macho Man, giant lettering at the top. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just I just thought that this that Sammy just did a complete disservice. If I'm Chris Jericho or Brian Danielson, I'm, like, getting backstage after that match, and I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Jericho For specifically. Real. Like, if I'm, like, and that's the other thing that kind of drives me crazy is, like, Jericho's been this absolute locker room leader, like since all this happened, and and he and like of course like one of his guys that's closest to him, fucking Sammy, is the one that's causing all this trouble. And I'm like, all right, like look, like somebody's got to say something to him. Like somebody's got to talk to Sammy. Somebody's got to be like, look, man, this is like the second or third time you've been a part of drama, and it's become public. It's just not a good look. It just yeah. really isn't. And. It's also not a fair representation of the company or the locker room. Again, like Fightful reported earlier today, right before the show went live, that that the locker room is not happy about Sammy Guevara and Andrade having this beef. Like they, the locker room is trying to do their thing and 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 be what they need to be for AEW to be successful. And so you got Sammy out there starting fights on Twitter and then going on his vlog and saying that everything's on him. Like, oh, man, the whole world is just too toxic for me. Like, bitch, you're the fucking toxic one. <laughs> Dude, I was about to say, remember the shit he said about Sasha back in the day? What if what if he I prevents do. Sasha from wanting to come? Like, if I was Tony, I'd be like, I'll fucking fire your ass in two seconds. <laughs> 
And like the thing is, is like I understand that Sammy's young. I don't like. Do I hold it against Sammy for the comments he made about Mercedes? Not really. No, it's no, irresponsible. Like that, he shouldn't. Like no, I understand. That's and on he, the it's list. Irresponsible. <laughs> he shouldn't make them. They're inappropriate, and he needs to learn from them. Um, and you know what? I'll give it to him that he's still somewhat young. I think he's still in his mid twenties. I, I get yeah. it. I'm just saying that's on the list of his PR disasters. You know what I mean? It's like four or five now. Exactly. It just, no, I wasn't disagreeing with you. I'm just saying like, I under, I'm, I'm being understanding that like we grow as human beings. Yes. Yes. But it gets to a point where it's time to just take the kid and sit him down. And I hate that I'm referring to someone who's probably only five years younger than me as the kid. <laughs> However, act your fucking age. I'm sitting here at 29. Like the fuck is this dude's problem? Why is he so fucking immature in his twenties? Like, I I don't know, man. I, maybe I'm just a more down to earth guy, but like, I I'd mellowed out in my twenties a little bit. I no, I, I agree. Like, there's been a couple of his matches that were really good. You know what I mean? He's done some crazy shit where I'm like, oh wow, he just almost tried to kill himself. You know what I mean? But I don't need that stuff in my wrestling. I if he was gone, I wouldn't. Uh, I hate to say it, like, but I wouldn't care. I wouldn't. I wouldn't feel bad. I wouldn't. I wouldn't recognize he's gone. You know, it, it is what it is. Yeah, and then I just end up being disappointed. Like I'm, I'm mad and disappointed because it's like you watch this match tonight, and you could tell that Sammy was out there with a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, you could tell that Sammy was like, "These people fucking hate me. The whole world fucking hates me. I'm gonna go out there and make you not hate me." Problem is, people still fucking hated you. Um, he didn't do anything that it would have made me not. He just he had a normal Sammy Guevara match. But my point is that he's an extremely talented wrestler. Yes. Yeah. He's extremely talented. He went out there and had some really awesome spots that I wish we could talk about. However, I didn't write any of them down because anytime Sammy was a focus on my TV, I got mad. <laughs> I just got mad. And it ruined my enjoyment of the entire, not the entire show, because I don't want to take away from the rest of the show. Minus the main event and the finish of the main event, and, like, the little Dark Order thing, which is just meh, not bad, but meh. Like, excellent episode of Dynamite. But, unfortunately, we opened the podcast talking about Sammy Guevara and this bullshit. And now we are ending the show. I mean, we still have the preview to go, but we're ending the show talking about this bullshit. And, like, it just sucks. It just really sucks because, like, it's just got to be better. It, like... I think Tony Khan needs to set a precedent. I think you send his ass home. I understand you didn't want to rewrite your show. You you send him home. I, I don't think we should see Sammy Guevara for a while. I don't think we should see Andrade ever again. But I don't think, like, tell Sammy, like, go the fuck home. Yeah, I would definitely. I, I would I mean, honestly, and I would have Ty lose on Friday, too. I don't think they will. I think I think Ty and Anna Jay win. But I would yeah. send Ty home, too. Just be like, both of you, go home. She didn't do I nothing, though. I mean. She didn't, but the... I don't want to like seem like i'm starting shit but like literally as soon as they got together was when all like it really started True. intensifying with sammy like True. like that like if, like yeah like the sasha thing was before they were married obviously and they were together but like if you like kind of look at sammy's trajectory it's like as soon as him and ty became a thing it was just like go away go away pr disaster not good tv like just go away um which sucks because they're both very talented people. Like it's really kind of fucking wild when you think about how talented they both are, and they're they're just putting on dog shit TV and making the not making the product worse, but hurting the company. 
it's it really it really is kind of crazy if you think yeah about it. and you know no matter which way you look at it that twitter beef with him and andrade even if the if, if the whole thing even if it's a work it doesn't look good for them at all so no matter what it, yeah just mm, no it doesn't look good no matter what so they need to they need to do something here they need to like put their foot down or something and just completely just completely stop this nonsense with everybody on social media you know at, at first i thought it was cool that they didn't uh you know limit their social media in AEW, but now i'm starting to see like you at least got to put your foot down of like stop being idiots you know yeah i i agree and i don't think that censoring them on twitter or controlling their twitter is the way to go i still don't think that's that's the solution well i just think that there needs to it needs to be a precedent. That's the thing. We've been talking about this for about a month now. Like these issues are happening, and Tony Khan suspended Eddie Kingston for two weeks. That happened. Clearly, that has not fixed the problem. It fixed the problem for a lot of people, but it hasn't fixed the problem for everyone. So now you need to up your you need to up what you're going to do. And I know it sucks because I I, I think honestly. If I'm in Tony Khan's shoes, I completely understand the hesitation to want to to want to discipline Sammy. He, he, you view him as one of the pillars. You went to his wedding. You view him as a guy that you're going to put the world title on someday. That's just what it is. When Tony Khan coined the term four pillars, you know for a fact that's what that is. That one day, Jack Perry, Darby Allen, MJF, Sammy Guevara... When these guys are ready, at some point, they're going to take that leap to be the, the guy on top of the company. That was, that's the point of it, to be yeah, the stars uh, yeah. of the company, the top four guys. That, that's a lot to put on someone, especially from a, young, from a younger age. And like, I can understand and sympathize with Tony in that sense. However, you need to let that shit go. You know, I mean, to put it into some perspective, at least, I mean, relatable. When I was uh, a general manager of a restaurant. And I made a big mistake at some point of making friends with people who worked for me. And it's not that like, there were some people that I was able to handle it with because they were understanding in return. However, like it got to a point where I had to put my foot down with these people where I'm like, Hey, we're still friends. We're still cool, but I have to suspend you because you can't do what this person did. And that's a true story in my life. So I'm sitting here. I can understand not wanting to discipline people that you care about that work for you. I get it. But you gotta set a precedent. You gotta suspend Sammy Guevara. Yeah, I mean, uh, he he did throw a punch, you know. So we'll see. Do you disagree with me? Do you think I'm being harsh? Feel free. I don't to know. I do. don't. I don't really disagree with you. I don't know where I stand on this one. It's just like, ugh, I hate. I hate. I. I just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, see, because that's the problem. Well, that's where I'm at with it. Where it's like. Over the last month, like if you watch this show week to week to week, specifically the Wednesday shows, you can see where I've been in terms of my journey with all this backstage bullshit. In the sense that, like, at first I was upset by it, and then I was exhausted by it. I'm beyond exhaustion. That's I'm how. Just that's what I mean. Pissed. I'm just mad. I'm not t- exhausted. I mean, I get, I'm tired of it. So yeah, I'm, I'm exhausted. exhausted from it. But it's like I'm sick of it doing this because like i don't think there's ever been anything 
and like I'm a fan of a lot of things. I don't know if you can tell. I'm a fan of a lot of things. I'm the type of person when I'm a fan of you or of of, of, of a thing, I'm a huge fan. I can't think of any other time I've ever been a fan where it's like doom and gloom, doom and gloom, doom and gloom. And then I actually take the actual product and like consume it and like watch it, view it, play it, whatever. And I'm like, no, this is fucking incredible. I'm so happy that I'm a fan of this thing. And then it ends and then I go back and it's like doom and gloom, doom and gloom. And I know fandoms in general can be toxic, like Star Wars, for example. But it's like, like, no, it's just, it's just, it's fucking wild to me that we watch these dynamites, we watch these rampages, we watch Dark, we watch Elevation, we go to the shows, have the best fucking time, have so much fun, and then I go on Twitter. And I'm just like, well, why I've been am staying I on off Twitter lately, man. I don't, I don't read my timeline. I just post stuff and get off immediately. See, I try not to, but the problem is, is that like, it just, it's time filler for me. Like when I get done my shit at work and I have like an, when I have like 30 minutes to kill. Like, I'm just, like, on Twitter, or, like, I mean, we do this show, so I do, I feel a responsibility to be knowledgeable, so when we come on the show, you know, and do the show, I'm not incorrect. I don't like to be in the wrong. I may have unpopular opinions, but at the same time, I have facts that I back my opinions up with. I don't even know if it's unpopular opinions. Maybe I just doubt it. We do appreciate the work you put in, that is for sure. Absolutely. And I love doing it, and and that's why I stay on Twitter, because it's toxic as fuck. But, like, I know, for example, like, Big T, right? Big T's not on Twitter, you know? Which, shout out to Big T. Uh, sending love and good vibes his way. Dealing with some shit. Love you, Big yeah. T. Um, but, like, guys like that, like, they don't have Twitter. Juhas, I think, just recently joined Twitter. Which, we just made one, yeah. God help us. I think God he's help trying. Us all. I think he's going after the record of getting banned, so we'll see. He, he must be. But, so, it's just, like... You know, I, I don't mind. Like, I'll I'll shift through it. I'll sift through the shit. But it's like at the same time, it's like, man, it's got to stop. It's just it it has to stop. We have to we have to set a precedent. It just it just that's it. It's just like I'm enough enough of it. It's just done. Yep, I agree. All right, so I do uh, regret to tell you I'm not going to be able to do one of the um, twenty questions tonight. I am absolutely falling asleep in my chair here. That's fine. Uh, can I do the uh, the preview for next week? Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Okay. Let me pull it up real quick. All right. So, just a reminder to everybody, Rampage will be live uh, 10 to 11, with Battle of the Belts being live immediately following afterwards, 11 to 12. Uh, set for Rampage, we have the trio World Trios Championship, uh, Death Triangle versus the Dark Order. Uh, specifically, that is 10 Reynolds and Silver. Um, no love for Uno. That makes me sad. Um, yeah, as a, ten I'm sure Reynolds and Silver, huh? Yep, ten Alex Reynolds and John Silver. Makes me think we're. I think we're getting a ten turn. I swear. I really feel like, especially with them letting him talk during that promo, it just feels like something's changing. Maybe we'll see. We have Tony Nese and Josh Woods versus the Varsity Blondes. I haven't seen the Blondes in a while. Last time I saw them. One of them got squashed or something, I think. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah. Uh, Ty Mello and, and Anna J, Anna JAS versus Madison Rain and Sky Blue. Should be okay. And then we have a trios match: the Blackpool Combat Club versus LFI. Oh, which I'm not so going good. to bother to say it. It's John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, and Wheeler Yuta versus Roosh and Private Party. 
And that's Rampage. Following after that Battle of the Belts, we have for the TBS Championship, Jade Cargill defending against Willow Nightingale. I can't we wait. have the match that's that gonna Jeff be my match requested. Oh, yeah, that, that probably is. We have the match that Jeff requested. We have the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. FTR defending against the Gates of Agony. Yes. And then we have uh, the All-Atlantic Championship match, Pac versus Trent Beretta. Ooh, that's going to be good, too. Yep. For next week in Dynamite, they're uh, they're going to be in Toronto, the first out of the United States AEW show. Um, in Toronto, they're going to have Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus, which I think it's really soon to be having this match. I feel like this isn't going to be the last match they have. There's also no stipulation to it yet, so I could see this being either a screwy finish or maybe Luchasaurus winning. I don't know. Um or maybe Jungle Boy just beating him outright twice. I mean, that makes sense too, I guess. Yo, Coach Nick is catching up on Dynamite. He is at the Wardlow versus Cage match. He said, I'm loving this. Can they wrestle weekly? <laughs> yeah, man, that was one of my, probably my favorite match of the night, man. That was absolutely incredible. Yeah, I, I love that match. That was incredible. Coach, I'm sure you're going to go back and listen to the whole show. We'll, you'll, you'll hear how much I love this show. Um, we also have... Daddy ass Billy Gunn versus Swerve Strickland, which yes, um, in the title card in the match card, it is listed as Daddy ass Billy Gunn. That's which, awesome. Yeah, it's great. Um, and then the last match we have announced right now is for the Ring of Honor World Championship: Chris Jericho versus Brian Danielson three. Ooh, Brian Danielson, Chris Jericho three. Now, quick question three for you. Quick question Sorry, for you. Going back a little bit here for the acclaimed. Is the Scissor Me Daddy Ass shirt, is that an acclaimed shirt, or is that a Billy Gunn shirt? It's an acclaimed shirt. <laughs> I it's agree, part I agree. of the, it, it, it was a line that was started by Bowens. Yeah. I, I understand your question, but I, w- I would say that it's an acclaimed shirt. I was just thinking it's the best-selling shirt of the year, and I'm like, man, Billy Gunn with the best-selling shirt of the year. Yeah, well, I mean, Billy Gunn is daddy ass, but the scissor me thing is the acclaim. So yep. I don't know. I mean, like, if you want to get technical, I would still say it's the acclaim, but I would, I would also say that Billy Gunn is part of the acclaim. I agree. That's what I, I agree. Would say. Yep. Um, but yeah, so that is the lineup. I'm sure we're gonna have more to go through uh, after Friday. Very excited for a live rampage. Yeah, so I can't wait for the live up. rampage and then the battle of the belts where we don't uh, have a. A taped you know outcome i'm I'm really excited for that i think you might be right here about this willow thing man um i think tony might might be learning his lesson from the acclaimed you know and everybody really really loves willow uh he might pull the trigger on this i don't know see i mean at the end of the day while you do want to make the fans happy and you, you should kind of react to how the fans react you also kind of want to stick to your guns a little bit if tony has a plan like i won't be upset if willow loses but i do think that willow's the person to do it again unless mercedes is coming in which yeah, i'm not saying she is i still think it's extremely weird that she changed her twitter name from sasha to mercedes i also think it's extremely weird that she um got followed by new japan I just think those things are weird. Um, again, we were joking about it in the Discord. I'm the guy that's connecting dots just because, not because they necessarily will connect, but they could connect. Yeah, so I, I am going to continue to look at it like that. I mean, I think it's plausible. It's very plausible. Not completely out of, I, I, not completely unlikely. I mean, 
I think I would actually bet more money that it's more likely we see Mercedes in AEW than Bray Wyatt. Um, cause he's going to oh, be debuting the Wyatt, for the Wyatt thing is Saturday. done and over with. He's showing up on Sunday. You know, what's really fascinating to me, super fascinating. And you know, you could just say, I'm just taking shots at the enemy, but that's fine. I don't care. The raw ratings and, and more specifically the demo, the demo is going down. Um, could it be that Papa H is not the Messiah that everyone thought he was? <laughs> I don't know, man. Ratings are a funny thing. I just, I, I, I don't know. Well, so here's the thing, right? I haven't been making a thing of it because they are going against Monday Night Football. However, there are some interesting things that I'm looking at with it. I think, number one, it's very interesting that they got killed by two football games on a Monday night. And then did worse this Monday against one football game. I think that's number one. I think that's interesting. But that more so the demo player. is what the but, demo like during things like this with football and stuff like that, like the demo is really what you kind of want to really focus on. I mean, it usually is the focus in general. But I think the demo was really bad this week, if I recall correctly. I thought that it was not good at all. Um, and then NXT's also was really bad which is really funny considering it was a rebranding for them yeah yeah that was the surprising one to me the nxt was really down and it was supposed to be the fresh start the new nxt back to the black and gold or whatever they have it now black and it's not black and gold again like see this is the thing gold and white it's just like we're just gonna be like oh they're doing the bare minimum woohoo oh my god like guys we, we we changed to this rainbow color set now we're changing back the black and gold and just like people were losing their fucking minds and i'm sitting there like it's just a color change yeah like they're still doing the it's, same it's thing ridiculous it's the same show like oh man but guys they say wrestler now like is your bar that low <laughs> sorry yeah. i'm on the warpath tonight is your bar that low that like you're excited by them saying the word wrestler like oh man they they said they said pwg on smackdown I'm like <laughs> Like is that is is that special to you? Like, I, oh, it's been I forbidden for I, so long for them. You know what I mean? It's like getting the curse. I get as it a to kid. an extent, but like, is is there really much difference? Is there like the matches go ten minutes, ten minutes instead of two minutes? They still end in DQ finishes. Like, you still have people fucking like these fucking geeks running around with scissors. And I realized the the the, the irony of what I just said. Um but the tone is different. Yeah. But no, I don't know. It's just dumb. It's just, it's just dumb. You got Dexter Loomis running around like a geek. You got just all this dumb shit. I, I, I see things on Twitter and I'm just like, it's not good. That doesn't seem very good. I, I stay, I stay over on my side and enjoy what I enjoy, but I'm like, yeah. I watch dumb. every now and then, but I can honestly say I haven't even thought about turning raw on in probably a month at least. Yeah. Um, I might turn SmackDown on just to see what stupid QR shit they have this week before we actually get him on Sunday. Um, it's all but guaranteed now. We just found out that they hired for their long-term creative, the guy who like directed the, or who wrote a movie for Bray Wyatt or something like that. So you know, he wanted he he pitched an idea. Yeah. To be fair, I do think Bray Wyatt returns this weekend. I don't think that that's an indication of it um personally there's just all these qr code things they all add up now like they they're they're not even hiding it anymore see but i think that's kind of what i don't like about it in a sense that like it's too 
it, it's not cryptic. Like, everybody knows it's Bray Wyatt. You know what I mean? Like, they're doing this QR thing week in and week out. And it's, it's like, there's no mystique behind it. Like, everybody knows what's coming. Everybody fucking knows yeah. that Bray Wyatt's coming. So it's like, the QR thing, which is super, it's meant to be super cryptic. And they're like, oh, man, it, it had Aleister Black's theme music. Oh, man, it said Gacy. Could they be talking about that dude in NXT who I don't fucking know yeah. about? I don't know who he is. It's um, just not like, hitting right for me. Like, some people are enjoying it. They love paying attention to it and figuring out the codes. I'm just like, dude, really? That's what you're doing? Okay. It's just, it's, it's, it's over, it, it's oversaturation of it. It's, it's yeah. just. It's just, it's too much. It's I'm just not feeling it. it. And I'm a mess. You, you know me, like Bray Wyatt, when he shows up, I'll be back watching as much as I don't want to. But like. Oh, I won't be. I'm just not feeling it. Not feeling it. No, no, yeah. I, I get you. I mean, I, I've already decided, like, when he comes back, I'm not doing it. I've, yeah. I've just, it, it's just, mm, feels gross not doing it. Um, All right. Well, yeah. you can uh, go ahead and close us out on that point there. Sure. Well, this has been episode 79, 79, right? Yeah, 79, 79 of the Broken Tables podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider giving us a like and a subscribe or a follow, depending on where you find us. Thank you to everyone who hung out with us live tonight to watch me completely fucking melt down about Sammy Guevara and Andrade. Uh, And also to everyone that hung out live and watched us talk about an excellent episode of AEW Dynamite. Shout out to everyone who's not listening to us live, everyone who's listening to us in the future, like the coach. What's up, coach? Um... Thank you to everyone who also listens to us uh, in other places like Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. You can follow us on Twitter at Broken Table Show or on Facebook and Instagram at The Broken Tables Podcast. We go live on YouTube following every single AEW Dynamite, Rampage, and even pay-per-views. Looking forward to a live uh, two hours of Friday night action. Uh, good good live two hours of wrestling on Friday. That, 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 I haven't seen that in a while. But, yeah. See you guys then. Absolutely. Have a great uh, Thursday. All right. Eight, uh, Broken Tables Galaxy. Uh, the train is leaving the station. So we will see you guys on Friday for AEW Rampage Live along with the Battle of the Belts Live. So uh, until Friday, we will see you guys then. And uh, just remember, top guys, out.